All right, yes. welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Unbothered Brothers. It's your boy KG. And it's your boy PH, Phil. And we got our homeboy Sean on with us. Shout out to Hunter. Yeah, that looks like <laughs> We had to wrap about a few more things to get you guys' minds clear. A couple of things people told us that was on our mind and all. So, one of them is addictions after that we're going to talk about how modern feminism is selective quality or entitlement and then so you lost your focus what can you do so starting out with Addictions, addictions. I think that's a good place to start. First of all, how you guys been? It's been a while since we got a chance to collaborate. We're doing a lot of research together. How you guys been? Man, I've been good, you know, just uh sorry if I cut off anybody, but yeah, I've been good, just been focusing on, you know, um getting things in order, uh making a, a move, um, got a new job and Congrats. just trying to, you know realign everything perfectly i mean granted i know nothing's perfect but just to see things manifest it's, it's, it's always good you want to keep uh manifesting positive things yeah what about you sean um i'm good I'm good uh focused on work work is low-key stressful right now just trying to get through to some of these inner city kids right now so it's a little uh it's weighing down on me just a little bit other than that Straight man, trying to stay out the way. Uh, just trying to make moves, figure out what my next move is before the school year starts, and uh, trying to uh, continue with the peace that I have and not let anyone disrupt that. Okay, okay. So let's kick up the energy notch and get within our first topic and talk about addictions. Well, wait, hold on. Let's do like a uh, like what they do on I am Ali. How are you doing? Maybe, you know, me one day at a time, man, you know, just working, researching, um, trying to get a couple things together, you know, getting the house together and all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you try and get things in order, get yeah. things uh, aligned right. Yeah. You know, life has been going good, you know, real positive and all. But uh, other than that, let's keep up the energy. You know, uh, first topic, being addiction to Addictions come all shapes, forms, and sizes from men being addicted to women, you know, drugs, porn, all that type of stuff, you know. So, what are y'all thoughts on addictions? Um, man, very powerful thing. Very, very powerful. I think, uh, you know, addictions really come from that dopamine hit that you get when you experience something and, and, and you really like it. And you just feel like you can't, you can't function without it. Um, whether it's drugs, uh, alcohol, um, my fellas out there, to the ones that's uh, spanking at night, you know what I mean. The ones that got to do it every day, you know, like just things like that. It's just it's a, it's a very powerful thing, and you gotta learn how to keep things in moderation. I think addiction. Um, well, I know for a fact addiction is, is you're not being moderate in, in how you uh, handle yourself and, you know, moderation is key. Yeah. I remember Hill Harper, um, the actor and uh, author, he had a movie that was 
he, he wrote a movie that was about a guy who was addicted to porn and how he couldn't date and how he couldn't get his life together because he was just so focused on it. And they said, you know, a lot of men should be getting into that because it's that, like you said, it's that dopamine release of of succession, you know, like, oh, I'll finally get what I want. So yeah. it's hard to come back from that dopamine to the realities of life. Correct. You know, um, and I know a lot of guys, well, we, we, we definitely know, both of us know a lot of guys who are definitely addicted to women. They feel like they got to talk to every single one and and try to sleep with all of them. Correct. And ultimately, that ends up backfiring. Yep. You got to ask you, you know, where are you gonna, where's your focus gonna be at when right. when those women don't want to deal with you when you have bad when you have a bad season. Yeah. You know, you have positive seasons, you have bad seasons. I have seasons where it's like, oh, I know a lot of them want to talk to me, and I have seasons where it's like, oh, that doesn't work for me at all. Correct. What about you, Sean? Um, just noticing, you know, how powerful, not even just noticing, but uh, right now, currently paying attention to, I feel like the most addictive drug going on right now in our generation is attention and instant gratification. Yes. Not trying to become a part of that movement, that space, because um, I know how much social media and that type of attention impacts our mental health physically emotionally. just trying to um stay away from stuff like that and then if i can help those that are around me may or may not have a different addiction whether it be that specific one or some others just trying to help them you know through as best as possible or at least get them to be aware of what's you know really going on that they may or may not have a problem you know, and the crazy thing is, outside of Instant Gratification, the counter, not, I'm not even a counter. It's the add-on to that is instant shutdown. So you get some people who feel like, uh, I don't want to be a yes man, so my goal is to be a strict no man. And for those that don't understand, you got people who always, oh, well, I want this, I want this, I want this. And they always have an opinion of yes. Then you have some people who they just want to be the person who shuts you down. They want to be that guard who uh, security guard who throws you out, who, who always has a negative input on an idea. Um, yep. And I forget what the uh, term is. I forget what the term is. Well, short term is Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer. Somebody always has that. So that's become a situation. I remember there's a young lady I um, uh, we interacted on Twitter. And she would always like to say, I wanted to argue with her specifically. Mm -hmm. And it got to where other people noticed it was actually her coming at me. Yeah. Because there was a conversation between me and this one gentleman. And I asked him something so that he could clarify because I didn't understand what point he was making. Correct. And she immediately jumps into it. And made an argument. Yeah, being sarcastic, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, and I saw that slam was like, why would I think this? Why would I think that? You know, it's called an actual conversation. She's like, oh, you just want to argue this at third. You jumped into my responses. But because of your hate for me or like for me, whatever you want to call it, you thought that I should, you know, that you should be able to say what you want to say. And the second I say something, then it's, oh, I'm depressed or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because you want to be a Debbie Downer. Correct. But 
you look at um, you look at how addictions with me working in the healthcare field, I've seen a lot of people fall prey to their own addictions. And like how Sean said, he would like to help anybody who can. We all want to help people who can. And the first step is honestly, I mean, they, I know it sounds uh, rhetorical or uh, cliche, is admitting you have a problem. How do you get over your problem? So, gentlemen, let me ask you: Have you had any addictions in your life that you battled with? Yeah, man. Masturbation. It wasn't even porn, dog. It was just I had to beat my dick, like. It was crazy because in college, you know, I was, you know, men, I, I was fucking hoes. I was fucking a lot of jobs. Like I, I've had situations where I would have three, four girls in the same day come to the crib. Um, and my roommate, you know, he had a girlfriend at the time and she was looking at me like, bro, what the fuck? Like, I know she's looking at me in disgust cause she would just see like, she knew the chaos that, you know, I used to, she she knew the life I used to live, um, so if she ever heard this, she would know who she is. But that's pretty funny. Um, but it's like, yeah, I would just, you know, beat off even though I was having sex. Like I couldn't stop. Like I just, I just really, um, my sex drive was just crazy, bro. So like I, I didn't I didn't know how to channel it into uh, you know possibly reading books or studying or. The only way I, I really channeled that energy was through like lifting weights. But then I got bored with lifting weights because you know when you hit the gym and you hit the routine over and over again, you know you 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 get bored of it after a while, and then you go back to that thing that you know <laughs> you don't feel too bored about. So um, that was my main thing, uh, playing with myself, man. Do you know what the cause was? Like like what's what started that you know. Dude, I don't know. I think uh, so. I lost my virginity at 19, 18, 19. I forgot which one it was. I think it was 19. But um, I don't know. It's like my whole world opened up. And I just was just having crazy urges. Before, it was like I would have urges, but because I didn't know what was on the other side, I didn't indulge in it. Because I knew on the other side at this point, I just, whenever I felt the need, I just, I had to do it. Um, <clears throat> it would get to the point where it was like, <clears throat> I'd be on campus or something. And, and I'm, I'm, this is full transparency, fellas, you know what I mean? I'd be on campus or something. I'd rush to a restroom like that's like vacant, like no one being just to get that joint off because I felt it coming, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it was it was a crazy addiction I had. And uh, I think how I, got over it was just um, learning how to channel my, like unconsciously I was channeling my energy into other activities. Like I noticed once I started doing more, I just said to myself, you know, or I just realized that I wasn't doing that as much. So, um, and then it just made it even better. Like I, I would enjoy sex more because, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't numb to, to the feeling. So now it's like, I'm, you know, more into my sexual partners when I'm giving it to them, you know what I mean? I definitely uh, hear you on that. Um, and thank you for definitely being transparent. Because I would say mine would be, uh, mine was porn back in the day. Because kind of like in the root cause of it was, you know, everybody had some sex. In high school, when everybody had some sex. And 
when it finally happened, it was mediocre for, for me. Yeah. You know, with a rubber on, then you take it off, and then your first time going roll, and you experience, yo, this is what it's like. Yeah. You always want that euphoric feeling. And it got to the point, okay, you found porn, you found something you can do, you know. And that just became a point of always wanting that satisfaction, always wanting that feeling. Correct. Um, I realized it, and my thing was, I said, I, I want to focus my energy on else on other things. Like, I, I ended up started watching documentaries on it, like behind the scenes. And when you actually see the behind the scenes, it's like, when you realize the monster and Scooby-Doo is just a man with a mask, mm-hmm. you're not scared, you know? You're just like, all right, it's just somebody with a mask on. So the thing is, when I saw behind the scenes and, and all that type of stuff, I was like, yo, this is this is not the life. This is not the life. This is, it's terrible the way they're treated on set, especially black women. They're treated horrible. Yeah. You know, I've seen interviews, you know, when they talk about it and, how they get stiffed on certain rates and all that. Um, no pun intended, you know. Um, but <laughs> I just re- I realized that afterwards. But no, how they get stiffed on the race. Like I remember watching an interview once saying how interracial is only a black man and a white woman. Because she said she went to a set to work with a white guy, she won the interracial rate. And it was like, that's not interracial, that's just a white guy in a black woman. Yeah. But yeah, if it's a black guy then they get feed they get a bonus for that yeah and you find out how bad they're treated and you're just kind of like wow like i can't continue to support this industry you know i can't be a part of this and then you say well i want to do something you know instead of just being in the house dealing with that all day i want to go out i want to be productive for my life mm-hmm. you know because you get the point you just sit up there and it was like channel surfing. Like when you knew, oh, I know who this star is, I know what she can do, you know, I could do a fantasy league with him. You know, you knew what the star was, you knew what the, you got to the point you just channel surfing. It was like, I said, I want to pull back from that. Because I felt like a lot of times, and I don't say this with arrogance, I say this as my statement of fact. I felt like a lot of times when I dealt with women, I wasn't getting satisfied. So it's like, well, I want that type of thing satisfaction because you know, a lot of women we'll talk about later they felt like oh well i'm just good you know like i and them so they just felt like they were just good because they had a vagina or they were attractive and they didn't have to do much yeah and it's like no you actually got to work with a dude who you know has had sex before correct so the outlet i found out found was porn and then i got to go i was like okay well I learned how to be verbal with the woman, uh, with the woman that I slept with, so I could actually, I could be pleased because the way they, you know, and I would say like, look, what do you like to do this and third, so they can be pleased. But no, it was, it was a point in time, it was, it was bad, like it was bad for me. But I got over it and I tell dudes all the time, I was like, yo, focus your energy elsewhere, because that's gonna come and go, you know. But focus your energy elsewhere, for sure. What about you, Sean? No addictions. I mean, I stopped drinking because I didn't like what it was doing to me personally. I didn't like what I saw from other people. So 
I don't know if this was like just me having a enlightening experience of like, all right, I see what liquor does, so let me kind of chill out on it. I know Phil, you and I have this conversation a lot. I I feel like we should have this conversation on the podcast on a later date. Um, but I feel like our generation really hit the bottle really hard. So like a couple of years ago, we were just like, yeah, drink is not for me anymore. I'm older. They don't fuck with my body like that. Don't fuck with my mind like that. So like, let me chill out. Well, I just stepped away from it. You know, seeing what it was doing to maybe certain friends that I was growing up with, seeing certain people that I knew casually. I was just like, yeah, that's a quick way. Like, if you can't control that or can't, you know, do it in moderation, you know, really fuck with you or you become dependent on your finding entertainment or excitement attached to the bottom. So, you know, I just walked away from that. I want to say summer of 2017. As far as addictions go, I know at the top of my head I can think of, but I feel like I avoided something with, you know, walking away from hard liquor, like when I reached a certain point. I knew somebody who, uh, somebody, partially grew up with, and he was addicted bad to hard uh, liquor. I mean, he would be the type of guy who, he invited you out and he got shit faced. Like he'd be like, I got you on the ride and all that. And he would get like shit faced, yo. And it pissed me off at the time because I was a year older than him. And I was the only other designated, like only other person with their license. Yeah. At the time. Everybody else I went, I know how to drive, but they don't have the license. They don't even have a permit. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, like, we get pulled over, see? Then what? We all it. Well, really, he's in trouble, but you yeah. got to find a way home. And I'm not getting a car with you if you're like that. And we would have to carry him back to the car. Like, it was that bad. Yeah, we would have to carry him back to the car. That's out of pocket, bro. And I said, you know, I can't do this with you. know, I can't hang out with him no more. Yeah. Um, there were other issues that he... Uh, had and I know I understand that that was an outlook for him and you know ultimately you know he took himself you know um but you know you you don't notice signs because you know I was a teenager then so you definitely don't notice the signs until it's uh too late because at that time you don't even know anything you know high school they barely say anything but we were high school they barely say anything about suicide but um you know it's sad with him um, I know some guys that are extremely addicted with women, and they feel like they gotta talk to them all. I used to work with a guy who, if he found out you like a girl, he would try to talk to her. <laughs> Weirdos, man. And he didn't care, you know. He had a girlfriend. He wanted to do what he want. He just wanted to talk to every girl out there. And it's like, well, what else are you putting your energy into? You know, making money, you know. Secret with a chick here now is cool, but when that's your only focus, that's that's something that becomes extremely sad, you know. Uh, you gotta find out things to become productive with your life. Yeah. And I'm not throwing shade at any guy who 
wants to be single and sleep with women the way he does, you know. Nah, that's not that. It's my thing is more so my conference is uh designed that designated for the guys who that is your only focus. It's just strictly women. And I'm like, yo, nah, it's it's something that can't run your life. It should not run your life. Wait, say that again. I said it's something that should not run your life. Addiction. Like you have to find something positive. I, uh, for instance, I, I started to get becoming addicted to the gym, addicted to working out because I wanted to maintain a healthy lifestyle. And everybody, and his thing, I didn't realize it. I had a homeboy tell me this. He said, Yo, you posting your gym pictures, because I used to post like a gym photo. Not even like me working out, I would post my results, you know, my times every day. My homeboy was like, Yo, you posting your times is motivation for me. It's motivation for a lot of people. And then I had some other people hit me up and it was like, I didn't even think of that. You know, I was just posting just a post. And now if you check out my Instagram, if you go, anybody knows the way cookies work on the internet. When you search for one thing, they show you a thousand things on that. Yeah. So if you search my, if you go through my Instagram search bar a few years back, you'll see a bunch of women pop up, you know, models and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now if you pop it up, you're either going to see one of two things working workouts or food yeah for sure okay workouts or food yeah and that's just it like i try to make my life you know i try to cleanse that and say cleanse it a, a bad addiction when i and i try to make good addictions let me work out. Let me work on myself. Let me be the best self that I can be. I want to live a long, healthy life. You know, black men typically don't live live long. Um, I want to live a long, healthy life, a happy life, family, etc. So, so I'm gonna work, pop, work on uh, working out. You know, I want my kids when they're growing up to say, "I want to work out like that." I would love, I would love to wake my kids up five in the morning, take them out on a job. You know. Maybe an hour job before school, something like that, and then we can work out when we get home. That way, they can always maintain a healthy lifestyle. Correct. I and then part of that addiction, I take away. I really don't touch shoulders or anything like that. If I'm gonna touch a food that's bad, it has to be a holiday. A holiday, something like that. But fellas, you cannot let addiction run like bad addiction run like you have to do things and put your focus, put your energy in uh, uh, other things and watch how you come out. Because I think a lot of times men think that uh, in order to be successful, it has to be that pinnacle, that peak. Like when you beat a video game and you feel that success of 100 percent completion. And it's like, no, sometimes you put a game at 80 percent. Correct. You know, you have to take your rewards as you receive them in life. Yep. You know, you may not buy an apartment. You you know, you may buy not buy a huge house. You may start out small or not, and then you work your way up. But Correct. take your successes as you get them. Correct. And give yourself your flowers. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I think too many people try to reach that final form immediately it's like bro this is a consistent endeavor in your life and 
every day that you live, you're improving in some way or form to the day you die. So that's how you gotta look at it. And, and see, that's that's the issue I struggle with with my addiction to working out and getting successful because yep. I buy a house and people are like, oh, congrats. And I'm just like, I'm, I could do better. You know? I can do more, yeah. I can do more, I can do this, I can do that. And people are like, no, like, dog, you're doing some big shit. I'll be honest, it's not too many black men who are homeowners. Correct. So when I understood that, I understood, dog, I gotta be thankful for what I have. I'm addicted to success and I have to understand success doesn't come as a final form. Correct. As Phil just said, it comes a step at a time. So stop and smell the roses every now and again. But anything to add on addictions, gentlemen? I like I like the being addicted to things that are positive. Um, that that should be talked about more as far as just like and maybe it falls under your passion or your purpose, but like be addicted to whatever positive that's going on in your life or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish or whatever you're trying to do before you leave this, you know, earth or whatever. So I'll close it with if I do have an addiction, it's to like want to work, like wanting to impact children's lives, especially young black boys and girls yeah. kind of kill off all this toxic energy that's going on within our black community. So yeah, I, I agree with you 100% with the whole like a positive addiction is is or can be healthy. Um, you know, as long as you go about the right way and have your outlets or whatever or your break. What about you, Phil? Close out on addictions. Um, I think that, again, it's all about moderation mm -hmm. when it comes to your vices as far as like liquor and things like that. But if you're going to have an addiction, <clears throat> let it be towards um, your success, trying to better yourself as much as you can. But don't get consumed in it. Right. Again, moderation. Don't get consumed. Understand that, you know, it's a step every day. And um, I think once you look at it like that, you know, things tend to open up and uh, you'll find yourself, you'll find yourself at peace. I like that. Um, again, like I said, focus on positives, but don't uh, forget to stop the smell of roses when it comes to addictions. Be smart about it, get rid of the negative addictions. You know, you, everyone, we all may have our vices here and there, but learn how to control them. Um, because I've seen how people can get when, when they drink, when it comes to alcohol. I keep myself at a three cup max wherever I go. Three cups. I don't care if we get there at eight o'clock and I'd have my third cup by 8.30, dog, that's it. Everything yeah. else in my cup is water. Yeah. You know, um, so I'll keep myself at three cup maximum. Um, I've, I've, every now and again, I've looked at Porn here, there, but you know, I I can definitely say I'm far from addicted the way I used to be to it. Yeah. Um, 
And it's funny, uh, Sean, Phil and I were out at, uh, we out in Baltimore and Phil was never like girl crazy. But when he had said, I just feel like I can't vibe with any chick there. I was like, okay, you've hit that stage where I know you can't, you can't be girl crazy because you could be going to say not every girl is worth it, your time and your energy. And follows on me, you can't be a dick like that. When you understand that, you start to value your your own time and put yourself put yourself we'll say on a pedestal or you you take yourself more seriously. We'll say it like that. When you take yourself more seriously, then you won't be as girl crazy. And that being said, we'll be right back. Welcome back, welcome back. We are continuing on uh Unbothered Brothers. We sitting up here, we talked about addiction, good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, the nasty. <laughs> uh, you got me here, Phil and Sean. And second topic we want to touch on: how modern feminism is selective equality or entitlement. Mm. So there's a video that's going around with a young lady who feels like because she dated a dude, if he provided her a lifestyle, once they break up, she should still be entitled to that lifestyle from that guy until she get another guy. And I hear a lot of times, we're going to talk to a lot of different women, how they uh, are feminists and all of it. First thing I got to say about feminism is it's not meant for black women. There's another word that's for, and I don't remember what it is, but uh, feminism is for white women. Susan B. Anthony is quoted as saying, if she could have got women's rights without the help of black women, she would have gotten it. And a lot of sisters don't get that, which is why I'm like, don't say you're feminist. Say I forget what the other word is. Say that. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Um, but when you look at how modern feminism is selective equality and how a lot of women feel entitled or um, selective equality, uh, if well, we'll start off with the, the simple examples. Taking her out on a date. You take her out on a date and a lot of women, oh, feminist this, I'm feminist that. Your feminist wouldn't benefit you. But the second we say split the chest, it's that, oh, what do you mean? No, treat me, you know, we're chivalry, this and the third. The thing is, if if we're to say I'm going to treat you chivalrous, that now puts me above you. Mm-hmm. Social class, that puts me above you. Because if you're famous and you, you want equality, we are equal across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going out to Ruth Chris. If, I don't know. Y'all ever been to Ruth Chris? No, nah, I, I, nah, I've never been to Roof's Chris. Y'all heard of the prices at Roof's Chris? I've heard of Chris. Okay, I found out the hard way about Roof's Chris. Look, let me tell you something. I'm not going out to Roof's Chris with my boys and paying for them. Hey, I love y'all, but look, so I, I found out everything's out of the car. So, you know, you go to Fridays, you may, yeah, let me get a sample. It comes with wings, fries, mac and cheese, and all that. Now, Roof's Chris, I want ribs. And let me get a side of magic. No, no, ain't no size. Man. That's that's separate. Everything's separate. You order one thing and that's it. <laughs> and everything else is a separate. But it's like ribs are $45. Mac and cheese is another $15. But I said it and say, like, if we are equal, equal, baby girl, then why don't you pay for yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you we'll go half? Yeah, we'll go half. I ain't gonna say go half because I know I ain't gonna eat too much at an expensive spot. Because I I can tell by the prices the food isn't gonna be that good. Let's be honest, the best foods there is to eat sidebar. The best food there is to eat 
is in the spot that's in the hood with ripped up chairs and it's got bulletproof glass. Everybody, uh, as black folks, we should know some of the dirtiest spots have the best food. Yeah, some of the most, yeah. Hole in the wall, yeah. But the thing is, like I said, when you talk about quality, a lot of them want it, but only if it benefits them. Why is it that they can't accept you want to be famous, you want to be equal, by all means, you can be equal. You split the check or even you put the bill. Or is it you only want selective equality as it benefits you? And you know, it's funny because when I when I think about it, I think there's a handful of women I've, I've known and throughout my life that they fit the true meaning of feminism, right? Like um, they want to be treated equal, we go out, they, they pay for themselves. Um, and in them paying for themselves, it made me want to pay for them because I'm like, yo, like you see, you see the point. Like you see, you see the, um, the benefits, the benefits. And I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that you, you, you take on that challenge, but I'm telling you most of the women I've dated. Yeah. They, they expect you to just take care of it. And, um, then they look at you as, oh, man, I understand, man is supposed to provide and to protect. I get it. But with the, the new age feminism and everyone trying to also, it's like they want to be the man, they want to be the woman, and they want to be the child. They want to be the man in that they want to be equal to you and do certain things you do, but they don't want to go out and fight wars and stuff like that. I get that. They want to be women. You know, they want to be catered to. They want to be children. They want to be, you know, um, Look at it. It's okay when you mess up. You know, I can just, I can just look past it. You know how a child, you can just, they'll spill something on the floor, and you're just like, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's okay because you're, you're a kid. It's like when they make mistakes like that, they, they want to be looked at as, oh, you know, it's okay. It's, that's my girl. It's okay, but you no. can't do that. You, you mess up, and everyone has to hear about it. You know what I mean? It's crazy. I, I sent y'all that video of uh, they were in line. I guess we got the wrong food for the girl and. She was just like cussing him out all in his face. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, slick. If you're equal, to understand, I'll treat you like a man. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Or he'll treat you like a man. And what I mean by that is, men don't approach each other with that same ignorance because there's a low level threat of violence. Sean can whoop my ass. I can whoop Sean's ass. Phil can whoop my ass. I can whoop his ass. Phil, Sean, back and forth. Uh, it's a low level threat of violence because. Between men. Whereas women, it's socially inseparable. They put hands on them, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And people say, well, Chris Brown, you know, hit Rihanna this after. No, they fought and he won. <laughs> Facts. She put hands on them first. Let's Facts. be clear about that. Facts. Um, when it comes to like situations like that, it's like, no, like, you're not going to sit up here and belittle me. To me, me in public, and I and I look at a dude like that who was the dude who was getting yelled at, and I'm like, I already feel bad for him because if she does that in public, imagine what she does in private. And a lot of women feel like, well, we're the prize, you know, pay for this, pay for that for us. And I had this question that it actually popped in my head when it comes to selective equality. There's a lot of women say, why would I give you wife duties without? me being a wife. And it's like, well, you want me to provide for you and protect you. From day one, I'm supposed to provide for you and kick out money and this and third. 
but what are you actually giving me? Nothing. Right. Well, it's because I'm in the process right there. Baby girl, I understand it's more y'all than it is us. Yeah. Supply and demand law states we will be the prize at that point. Yeah. You know, and men don't have an issue with kicking out bread and all that. The thing is just like, what's worth it? When I hear the word feminist, it's an it's an instant turn off to me. It's almost like hearing a word independent one. It lets me know you're an asshole. You know, you have a nasty attitude and you're incorrigible. And they, you know, we go back and forth with a lot of women who, you know, when we talk about misdisagreeable and stuff like that, who feel like, oh, I'm feminist this, well, men should do this, men should do that. Again, baby girl, when we start to say what you should do, why is it a problem? Yeah, when I start to say what you should do, the first thing is, oh, what we not going to do is, you know what I mean? It's like, all right. Sean, what's your thoughts? My thoughts is it's all fucked up out here. Um, black women have dealt with a lot of trauma, and I'm fully aware of that. I, I talk about that. I acknowledge that. I want to have more conversations about that. But um, whatever past trauma has happened to them throughout their life. The same way they ask us not to project and offload our traumas, whether it be from past traumas with black women or our mama issues that they always want to bring up or our lack of a mama issue or our lack of a daddy issue. Um, both sides are equally fucked you know, for different reasons. And like, like ladies, I hear everything you're saying and I understand and comprehend. Let me say that slowly. Let me repeat that again. I comprehend everything y'all have been through and are currently going through. Ain't no, you're the new nigga because the term nigga was used for both men and women. A lot of y'all have been niggas since day one. You're just now promoting it on social media. Nigga has never been gender specific. Men can be niggas and women can be niggas. And the issue, one of the one of the many issues going on out here is a lot of these, a lot of my black queens that have been hurt and been let down and whatever else um you're you're turning into or you're currently acting like the nigga that hurt you versus the king that you say you deserve it and king is not even in your vocabulary it's still fuck these niggas but i want a nigga let that sink in I hear you, and I wholeheartedly agree. Um, a lot of times, and everybody pretty much now, you know, this day and age, we know all know who Kevin Samuels is and what he speaks on. He actually promotes black unity. If you actually listen to what he says and what he's trying to do, he's actually trying to promote black relations. And a lot of times, and I'll speak on it because I know a lot of women, oh, y'all just, you know, saying this about women, what about the men that's out there? Okay. Here's the thing. 
fellas, a lot of times when we talk about feminist Twitter and as this goes on and opens the door, because this is a subject we can always come back to. Um, a lot of fellas who are I'm hearing quote Kevin Sanders, it's like, you, sir, you're not at that level. To say that, to say that. You feel me? I was on um and what's his name? Uh if you guys saw the Anthony Mackey yeah. interview with Winnie Williams, so make daddy a sandwich. I hated the article because the article tried to make it seem like he just said make that make make daddy a sandwich. Yeah. And the whole interview he says, if a guy treats you, if another guy was treat you wrong along with you, you want me to smack him. I'm supposed to hold the car hole open for you. If I say let's go Dutch on the day, you'd be like, no. So make that yourself at the day. If you want those gender roles, those traditional gender roles, to understand, I can ask for traditional gender roles. Correct. And I do think more men are standing up and realizing, hey, we have a voice too. We can have our list of demands. Um, I let, I don't. I would never say that I'm alpha male, high value male by his standards. You know. I know I don't meet the standards, you know, uh, like all I don't hit all of the check boxes um, for that. Um, I was on this uh, Twitter Spaces, which is similar to Clubhouse, and they were talking about Alphas, um, which called versus Simp Twitter, and all you heard this one guy when I say beating his chest, I'm an alpha man, and I'm an alpha man, and I'm an alpha man, and I'm, and I'm like, yo, just because you say it don't make it true. You feel me? I believe when you talk about being a leader as a man, you know, and all that being an alpha man, it's something that you are. It's something you don't have to promote. You don't promote Lamborghini. You just know they're like, oh, that man, that's an expensive car. You know? So, fellas, hey, stop promoting that sense and just do it. Hey, be like Nike, just do it. That's, you know, uh, and I'm pretty sure you stick to your guns about what type of woman you want. You'll find that you'll find that out, but you need to reach out to the man that she wants also. And ladies, back to you on the flip side, you can say what type of man you want. But the thing is, are you the woman that that man is looking for? Because at the end of the day, they control woman control access to sex. Yes, men control access to the relationship. Facts. Thanks. So when I hear feminists Twitter say all this and all that about guys and they try to they try to go head to head with a guy. Well, he went to college, I went to college, I did this, I did that, et cetera, et cetera, because I'm a good woman. No, you're an adult. You're an adult so. That's what adulting is. Yeah. The thing is, we're looked at different. Correct. So you as a feminist saying, well, hey, you'll see here someone say, why did he cheat with this girl or that girl? Maybe she was feminine. You know, maybe she had the qualities that he wanted. In her. Now, maybe it could not be that. And overall, you know, I'm just a piece of shit. Yeah. It could always be that. You know? But a lot of times, and I'm pretty sure we've all seen it, where a woman chooses the worst guy possible, and then they can change her because she's a feminist, you know, uh, and all that. I have some. I'm an alpha woman. Yes. <laughs> it's like, shut up. <laughs> Something I notice, something I do notice, and Sean, you correct me if I'm wrong. It's like the higher the education a woman has, the dumber the dude she messes with. I swear to God. Excuse my language, uh, or excuse my swear. I'm not, I'm not correcting anything. Like a lot of these really educated, and when I say educated, I mean 
educated sisters seem to like the most basic thinking Negro. It's because they feel like they can control the relationship. Yes, that's exactly the song. And they're conditioned to it because they understand his mind more than somebody that is potentially a free thinker. Facts. Like, you got a master's uh, at MIT and whatnot, and a second master's from Harvard. That stands on a corner all day. And this dude don't even have a high school diploma. Stands on a corner all day, but his life is exciting. So you like that because any type of stimulation, whether it be positive energy or negative energy, a lot of y'all that be vocalizing, you only want to fuck with positive energy, you're bullshitting. You're lying to the public. You don't care if it's positive or negative. You just want what you want. But continue. Like my boy Takeoff said. You like the third people out. Wow. Cap. Break. It's like, how is it that you think that? How is it you want this type of man? You know, mm-hmm. you know, he does this, but you don't. You don't. And yet, hey, you know that's what? not the guy you have. Wait, 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 wait on. For both of y'all, continue. So. Phil, you know this. Okay, I'm about to school you on this. So, Phil and I have talked about, like, who our uh, comparisons are when it comes to, like, rap or R&B, right? Yeah. So, Phil is party. And I'll let Phil give that description or, like, mm-hmm. hey, heard enough party songs, you already know what type of time Phil is on. I'm Brent. And Brent just dropped a song called Wasting Time with Drake. And I'm bringing this up to say, Brent, I fuck with Brent because he, he I feel like he, he understands the bigger picture of everything. So he's like, look, you already have it, ladies. You already have it in your mind who you feel you deserve based on what you look like, what you make, what you drive, and where you live. Not who you are, not what your mind, what your mind is like, what your heart is like, what your personality, character, character, morals—you know, all that deeper shit that a lot of y'all say you want from us, but you really don't, or you do, but you want it in moderation. Back to the addiction shit, but hey. Paying attention to bad dudes, or as we like to say on our show. Having PPM. <laughs> so you're like, okay, um, this is, I vocalize this is the type of man I want, but you're either not ready for him physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, or, you know, one of those or all the above. And then you keep going back to the so called dude that you can't stand. Like, you're the, you're, you're the instrument for your own pain and trauma. Yeah. You're the instrument to your own demise. Yeah. And you can continue to blame us, but then perfect example, right? Mm-hmm. Two sides of every coin. When men, as us as men say, hey, these hoes, like, we shouldn't be, again, we shouldn't be using these terms, hoes, bitches, gods, 
niggas, bitch, like we shouldn't, but we do. Yeah. You know, like a lot of these dudes be like these hoes, these bitches, or just like these black women are the third. And then Phil, as you and I have talked about this, you kill us for that. It's oh, if you're gay, just say that. If you hate women, just say that. If you yep. hate black women, just say that. Yep. So we express the things we go through as black men to y'all. That's the energy we get. But when we're constantly bashed and dragged through the mud by this this entire country, this entire world, and then now by our own women. Yep. Yeah. Like, how do you expect some of us to react towards some of y'all? And again, bigger picture. I'm going to talk about bigger picture. I understand 90s hip-hop, early 2000s, 2000s. 2010s to now, we've been bashing y'all here and there. We've been talking shit about y'all here and there, and then we've had black men doing to that, doing that to y'all. That's a two way street, even back then. But it's not all of us. It's never been all of us. And yeah, I, yeah. Whole argument goes back and forth with the whole. Well, it's not all of y'all, but the rest of y'all need to step the fuck up. What we do. But it's never highlighted. We have to, again, bigger picture. The government, this country is not going to show us that we actually have a lot of us that give a fuck about our black women. Correct. They're going to always show the negative because they're trying to destroy us within and outside of us. So, like, at the end of the day, ladies, we hear y'all. Kay is in a relationship right now with a black woman, a black queen. Phil is out here doing his thing, but loves his black queens. Exactly. I'm out here. Damn right. But what we're doing out here to one another is not helping shit at all. Now, to tie that in with the, the, the feminist portion, because I do have a story. What I tend to do when I come across a, a woman who and I'm on to say she's the most likely going to be more emotional than me. Is I'll try to have a conversation with the tone that I'm speaking, the level that I'm speaking right now, the decibels. I'll try to talk like that. And the second it gets to name call, hey, why you got name call? Why you got to do this? Why you got to do that? Because um, I always tell people, raise your argument, not your voice. If I don't need to, I don't need to raise my voice to tell you two plus two is four. No. So, you know, so when you have that side of the argument, so when I talked to them about that, we had talked about feminists um, and entitlement, you know, because I explained to them, like, you can't have it. What Marlo said, you want it one way, but it's not that, it's the other way. Um, I remember there was a girl a few years back who she would boast, boast, boast about how such a feminist she was. <clears throat> Valentine's, Valentine's Day came around. She was by herself. And she tagged me and a bunch of other dudes. Oh, well, who wants to take me out for Valentine's Day? You got to do this. It was like, M, write an essay, M, write a format, answer these questions. Well, would you take me here? What you want to do? This, that, that. But that doesn't mean that you'll get anything in return, or even the kids, or sex, or this, that, that. And me being the first dude that saw this, I'm an in. I was like, like, you know, I started just cracking jokes or whatnot. She got like, with yeah. Like, and she got upset. And all the other dudes, they started laughing with me too, because it's like, how dare you 
Ten out of ten. We got to do all the same. You're not promising anything. How dare you? It's like no, like we talking a give and take. I'm supposed to get all this money. And here's, here's the worst thing. She sends us out. It was I don't even want to say the week of Valentine's Day. It was like days before. You know, Valentine's Day that year fell on like a Friday, Saturday, and she was sending us out like Tuesday. So you were telling me in three days I'm just supposed to plan all the stuff for you. We you better wear some red and meet me at a restaurant where we can get something for free. But that comes to her entitlement. She said all this about this. I have another young lady who I went to college with who tried to argue me about something. And with an argument, as a single mother raised by a single mother, who was raised by a single mother. And I'm just like, you don't get the Broken cycle that your single mother being raised by single mother being raised by single mother perpetually. <laughs> and I know a dude that she dated, and ultimately it was her fault why they broke up. You know that whole feminist attitude just that third, and he was like he was trying to help. Yeah, where she laughed. Yeah, and like how you said, Sean, a lot of our sisters aren't used to good men. And I say, yeah, you know, this I know you talk about uh, off the podcast. They're not used to good men, <clears throat> so when they get one, it's like, when's the other? You know, when is this slip going to happen to me? Where's the trick at? Where, where's the trap? Where's the mind at? Correct. When's it gonna fuck up? And that's a, and I think that's that's terrible for our sisters to go through. Yeah. Now I'm saying our, our brothers don't go through that. I think more so after we get finished dating, we're like, I'm gonna take a break, you know, review film, game film, one little right, one little wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know? What needs to be adjusted? How do I make the right play? And for the woman say, oh well, God say fuck all women is that third. I'll explain that, but I'm not excusing it. Mm-hmm. When guys do that, it's they want to fuck woman, you know, that I want to stick with this, I want to stick with that, this, this, yeah. third, you know, et cetera, et cetera. With, but we're not getting in relationships. Yeah. But woman, they'll jump in relationship, relationship, like a lifeboat, and then it's, you know. Think she won't? Right. And then you, you get hurt and hurt because you haven't dealt with the pain and trauma of the dude that did hurt you. You know. And now you feel entitled to the higher class, it's almost like a game, you know. You you play a game enough, you know, you play Pokemon long enough, the charm man involves the charm man and it falls apart. They feel like, well, I've been hurt long enough, or better yet, Dragon Ball Z. Sayings, they get twice as strong after they've been hurt. Yeah. They feel like I've been hurt, so I'm entitled to a good man. I'm entitled to this, I'm entitled to that. Even though I haven't adjusted and cultivated an environment where a good man can can thrive where I'm at. Well, not even, look, not even that. Like, let me deal with the hurt and pain that the wrong man I chose inflicted on me and then be like, okay, let me be ready for the opposite of that. Yeah, because, and we're looking to close out on this, but uh, think about how scary it is that you finally get somebody who loves you properly and you don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. You know, you say you want that, you know, 
a good man and this and that. You feel entitled and this and that. The thing is, I can tell you right now, by saying it, you're not ready for a good guy. Yeah. Because if if there's any woman who's within my social circle, like my friend circle, they know I will call them out if they had a good man and I'm like, yo, you messed that up. Yeah. No questions asked. I will call you out about that. But the thing is, you can't be entitled. One of my homegirls, her uh, her mother was dating a guy for a while, and she was upset that he wasn't offering to pay none of her bills. And she's like, and she told him, she was like, he has his own bills. He has his own house. He doesn't live here. Yeah. Why should he pay your bills? And I told her, with all love, your mother won't find another guy. With her mindset, she won't. Because that entitled attitude, what you don't get is, you can always find another woman. Facts. You know, you'll find some dick, by all means. But every, all, every day, all day. That attitude, no, it's not going to keep up. But uh, to close it out, got a minute left. Anything y'all want to add on the whole entitled woman and how it's selective equality? <laughs> um, I don't necessarily think so. I just think uh, men peep the signs um, and, you know, don't necessarily bite their heads off when you notice certain things. You just move accordingly. You know, don't get in your feels about it. Just understand um, the nuance of the situation or the situation in general and just take it as it is. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean settle for the, the BS. It just means, you know, maneuver around it when you can. <laughs> what about you, Sean? It's a, cold, it's, it's a cold world out here. So, like, does everybody move accordingly? But, like, do people how you would want to be treated. Like, don't, don't be out here doing people dirty because done dirty because too many people, like, just us as black people, we, we shooting up the block too much, and it's just depressing. Yeah. All right, we will be right back with our closing topic, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back. We're on our final topic. We're talking about, we talked about addictions, how modern feminism and selective equality. Um, and now we're going to end it with, so you lost your focus, what can you do? A lot of times men, uh, like we spoke earlier, you know, men lose their focus, um, focusing on the wrong items. And the thing is, well, what can you do? I, personally, one thing I do is, I make a list of things like how, Honestly, I, I, I get the idea from black women where how they do, what's that chart they make every year? The vision boards? Yeah. Yeah. I'll make a vision board of what I want to do. I'll take a picture of it and I'm making my, it's my background for the year. Sean, you, if you just say, yeah, it's my background for the year. Um, I make a vision board and that's what I do. So now I, I'm forced to look at what I want to do every single day. I don't get on my phone, I'm forced to look at it. And sometimes I just stare at it. I'm not even looking at anything. I'm not looking at any apps on my phone. But I always remember what my focus is. Because we fall off, you know. Everybody falls off. I got a major sweet tooth, and I sometimes fall off with that. Right. And I understand I gotta, I gotta take my time, get back to it. But um 
make a list and start out. Make a list. What is it that you want to focus on? What should your focus be? Is it money? Is it here? Are you trying to make, you know, some uh, say uh, five thousand by the end of the year? Okay, put money away. How much can you put away? Uh, all right, I fell off. What can I do? Okay, I'm gonna cut this out. I'm gonna cut that out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it starts with making a plan and making a plan that you know is applicable. You know, yeah. You're not gonna tell me you work at McDonald's and you're trying to save forty thousand a year. Yeah. So make a plan that's applicable that works for you. It's not something that is specific, like uh, it's not something that is well generic. It's something that's more specific. What works for you? Make a plan, start it, follow through. What about y'all? You lost your focus. What can you do? Um, when I lose focus, um, I stop. I pause. I live in the moment, right? I realize that my focus is gone. Uh, and, you know, I take a pause and I try to see what happened, what derailed that, what went wrong. Um, and then I talk to my closest confidants, you know, my guy, you know, I was very focused on something like, did you notice my energy changed? Did you notice something was going, does this seem like I've lost focus on what I've been doing? Because no one's going to know you like that except for your closest people. Yeah. So your closest friends, your closest family, you know, ask them what they've noticed. Um, and that can help you pinpoint where you lost focus. I think for me, it's mainly figuring out where you lost that focus and how that occurred. Um, is it because you're working too much? Is it because you keep getting distracted by outside or external forces? You got to pinpoint the problem because when you pinpoint the problem, then you can find the solution. Um, so whenever I get into that funk where I feel like I've lost focus, I definitely stop, pause, do some research on myself, be like, hey, what did I do? You know what I mean? Ask some people that know me personally. What have you noticed about me when, in, in regards to this focus that I've, been, that I've lost? And then... Um, that helps me get track on regaining. Because um, sometimes that's really all you need, especially when you talk to the right people, they'll motivate you back into your focus. And then when they motivate you extrinsically, you intrinsically get back on it yourself and then you're back in the game. All right, Sean, what about you? Um, when I lose my focus, I take time out to get back on track, you know, whether it be jotting down notes, planning, um, doing research, uh, or just thinking and dreaming, like allowing myself to like just kind of dream about what my next moves are, what my next goals are, whatever, just what I want to manifest. Just always allow myself some type of space to refocus, even if it's for a moment. Okay, okay. Um, I find a lot of times um, changing environment 
can help out also. And because you can lose your focus for a lot of new things. Now, Phil knows this, and Sean, I'll tell you about this. I have a room in my house I call the calm room. I want no stress in that room. My whole house is that's the ambience of I want to be calm, I want to be peaceful. I want to be calm, I want to be peaceful, et cetera, et cetera. But I already have this uh, room where it is designated for that. I want to be calm, I want to be peaceful. Um, I don't want any trouble in that room. You know what I mean? Uh, that room, honestly, you go in there, you're liable to fall asleep because of how peaceful it can be. Um, so that is my environment change. I also have a patio I can sit on when I don't want to be bothered. You know, outside of the going sage and things like that, I have a patio I can sit on. Um, but I think changing the environment is another great addition for those who lost some focus. Um, changing your lighting, changing your scenery. You know, it could be something like as simple as you need a vacation. Uh, what other thoughts do y'all have on losing your focus and trying to get back on your focus? Um, I don't know. I think about it. I'm actually trying to dive deep and think of it. Uh, Sean, did you have anything you want to add as I'm still brainstorming? Just no matter what life throws at you, always remember or take time to remember your purpose, whatever your mission is. Yeah, spend a little time and work on your dreams as you're helping somebody else potentially, you know, grow there. It could be also uh, having somebody, the right person in your corner. Um, yeah. Yeah, because you get the wrong people in your corner, definitely lose your focus. It definitely won't help you with your focus. Um, so me, like how Phil said earlier, like having the right people in your corner, people you talk to. We talk about uh, friendships in here. I sent this, I posted it, I posted it, um, but I wanted to tag you guys in it. And it's, uh, how to make sure you got the right friends. Speaking on a friend part, how to make sure you got the right friends in your circle. And one of them was, you can talk to them when things are bad. You know, no matter what, things are bad, I can talk to you and it's not, you're going to make me feel bad. Another is, you don't want up me. Yeah. So Phil says, oh man, I went through this bad breakup with this girl and you know, everything was terrible and this and that. And my first response is, well, you know, I went through a breakup with a young lady too much. No, it's not like that. Sometimes it really is. You just gotta, your friends just want you to be there for them, listen to them. And that can help you change your focus, a different perspective. Not having yes men around you. Yeah. You get yes men around you, and, and I've seen this. Uh, it was a guy I used to coach football with who had a bunch of yes men. I told him, I was like, yo, you have yes men around you. They're gonna do say anything as long as they think that you like that idea. And in the long run, that is going to that is going to hurt you in the long run. And sure enough, he went from one of the top program coordinators in Baltimore to his team is 
his program maybe are a one, two win in the whole program for the season because of him having that many yes men. And, you know, he lost, he lost his focus. So, that being said, I think that's going to conclude it when it comes to uh, this episode, you know, um, talking about talking about uh, keeping your focus. Keeping your focus, uh, what do you do when you lose your focus? We also talk about addictions, being strong, gentlemen, you know them. And then we also talked about how modern feminism is selective equality. Now that's something I know that we're going to want to come back to, especially when we get some female guests on here. We're going to have them talk to us about what they think about modern feminism and it being selective equality. And do they think that's true or do they think it's, like how Sean said, they're choosing the wrong guys. Yep. So that being said, we're going to have a, we're going to log off. Everybody have a good one. Phil, you good? Yes, sir. All right, Sean, you good? I'm good, man. All right, fellas, as always, remain positive. Be smart about your decisions. Keep growing. And we out. And we out, baby.